Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Why? Why? What is the purpose of my life? What is the purpose of this journey that we're supposed to take with Jesus on this pioneer's path? The distinction is so important. Because it's going to be the thing that carries you to the right destination. It's going to be the thing that carries you to your right destiny. It's going to be allow you to accomplish the right things for God. But you have to understand the why. Before we get in there, I'm going to give you a story. It's a great story. It's a little history lesson. But it's going to help create an illustration for us that begins to paint the picture of the why. And then we'll go into Exodus chapter 19. How many people remember about Lewis and Clark, the expedition guys? Well, in 1804 um, through through 1806, these two guys, Lewis and Clark, have been commissioned by the president of the United States. The president at the time was Thomas Jefferson. Shortly after the Louisiana Purchase, they decide that we've got to explore and take an expedition to go west and find out what is west. How do we get over that mountain range and and find out what's over there and make some claim to this land before other people make claim, like the British? Well, that was one purpose for them, but the other purpose was for them to understand what are the plants, what are the natural resources, what are the trade opportunities with the uh, Indians or the natives of the land. Well, it took two years, and uh, under their direction, it was, a, it was a team of volunteer army people under the direction of Lewis and Clark. But when they got back, they reported to the president of the United States, and they told them what they found. They accomplished what their purpose was for being on this expedition, on their pioneering path. I share with you that story because... It relates to what we're doing in following Jesus. If we don't understand, let me give you an example. If Lewis and Clark decide to say, you know, I've got this feeling inside of me that I want to be go on an expedition, and they just decide we're going to go somewhere, whatever we feel like we want to go, they may never accomplish the purpose that they were intended to, to go out west. They might have gone south. They might have gone east. They might have gone in circles. If they were just basing out of a desire, out of a feeling, but instead they got their orders from their commander-in-chief, from the president of the United States, to do two specific things. And like us, as followers of Jesus, we must not just go through life, I've given my life to Jesus, and then start living your life based on a feeling of, well, I'm going to feel like I want to do this today. I feel like I want to, you know, do this great thing where I feel like I'm going to live my life this way. And God is saying, well, you've got to go beyond feelings and you realize that there is a commander-in-chief, there is a king that we must be following and we must be getting our instructions from. See, the challenge is if you... You don't have to turn there because I told you to stay in Exodus chapter 19. Hopefully you're still there. But in Matthew 7, there is this place where there's a verse of Matthew 7, 22. It says, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. 
why is it that these people did all of these great things in Jesus' name, which means, hey, they might have been, I believe in Jesus. And then Jesus says, hey, you did a lot of great things, but I wasn't asking you to do them. And then he says, depart from me. Church, I believe that God is is positioning us and posturing us to do some incredible things for him, each individually as well as a church as a whole. But first and foremost, we need to have our ears tuned to the commander-in-chief, King Jesus, to listen to what his spirit is saying and respond to him. That's going to get us to our destination. That's going to get us to fulfill our destiny, the plan and purposes that God has for us. Well, remember, we've been talking about how um, the Israelites and how Moses freeing uh, the Israelites from the slavery of Pharaoh, how we're going to talk about this story, this journey as it relates to us on a pioneering path. And we're going to go there again today. But this mission that we're on, this calling that we have really starts from understanding who the nature and the character of God is. And we begin to see this in Exodus chapter 6. Don't go there again. Keep your finger in Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 6 verse 7 says this, I will make you my people and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you, brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. So he begins to to talk about the plans and purposes for his people, the Israelites at the time, which is, I want to be your God. Understand this. I want to be your God. In other words, I want to have leadership in your life. I want to be the king of your life. Now, us New Englanders, we don't like anybody to control us, right? We like, we're very independent. We want to do what we want to do, and we don't like people telling us what to do. But Jesus himself in the New Testament, but God already establishes in the Old Testament saying, I actually want to be your God. And I'm looking for a people who will come underneath his leadership and his lordship to follow him. But the interesting thing is he's going to show a part of who he is in the deliverance through his power and his supernatural workings. Okay, this is where we're going to go to Exodus chapter 19. It starts to peel back the onion a little bit further to understand what is our purpose on this path. Exodus chapter 19, verse 5. Now, this is where Moses, now they're in the desert, and now Moses ascends Mount Sinai, and this is right before the Ten Commandments are given. God meets with Moses, and he says this, to him. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall, uh, shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. There is so much packed in this. It seems like those are just words, but if you start to peel back a little bit of what these words mean, so the first word that I want us to look at is the word covenant, covenant. God is a covenanting God. He's looking for people to establish a relationship with, but a covenant is an agreement. It's also a promise. 
one of the greatest covenants that God made, thankfully he made this covenant, is he made a covenant with Noah to say, I will never flood the earth again. It's a promise. And he says, I'm going to put a rainbow in the sky to be a witness, to tell you he will never flood the earth again. And God does not break his promises. Have you seen a flood over the entire earth again? No. But that was a covenant to Noah. Now here's another covenant that he's still unfolding with, his, with humanity and specifically to the children of Israel. And we're going to make the connection to say, why are we, how do we put ourselves in this story? So God is making a covenant, a relationship, a, 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 a if you do this, I'll do this. Now, it's not a contract. We talked about that a few weeks ago in our communing times. It's not a contract where it becomes contingent. God is faithful regardless if you're unfaithful. The nature of God always supersedes everything. But he's saying this, if, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession. See, God is looking for people who will be underneath his covering and care. And this is really important. Because as independent humanity who wants to just do what they want to do, who wants to call things the way they want to call them, the way that they feel, and not listen to God's command, we remove ourselves under the covering and protection of God. I was just at the state house this week, and I was uh, had the privilege to to be amongst some hearings of a new bill that's going to uh, they're trying to pass about laws to protect transgenders. Now, here's the thing: I'm I'm for those. I'm for all people. I have no bias for it. God loves all people, but I'm saying we already have the constitution to protect all people. But when we start saying what is not the way God's designed it as the way that it will be because of a feeling, watch out. Our society will begin to crumble and the care and covering and the prosperity and the blessing of God will begin to be removed, not because God removes it, because we have removed ourselves under his care and covering. Now, I need you to understand this because too many times we say, well, God is going to judge. Well, God's judgment happens through our own personal choices. God's judgment happens because we remove ourselves from the care and covering of a God who wants to cover us, who wants to bless us, who wants to keep us as his prized possession. By the way, if you've got family members who are in the LGBT community, I want to let you know, love them well, because that's what they need, is they need love. There are too many people who will shun them or say they're weird or whatever, but you know what they need? They need the healing touch of Jesus Christ in their hearts is what they need. And it comes from people like you and I who will love them and who will show them the way to Jesus, not judge them. So also in this verse, when he says, if you obey my covenant, and he's going to give the bunch, the Ten Commandments, the laws, and we know that we're not under the old covenant, we're under a new covenant, but he establishes the old covenant with the Israelites by giving the Ten Commandments, which, by the way, God never told us to get rid of the old. He always added to them, meaning we have more grace to walk out in greater obedience than just what the old covenant had. 
So he says he would be our tre- we would be his treasured possession, or the Israelites would be the treasured possession among all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be my you shall be to me a kingdom and a priest, a holy nation. This word holy nation really is it's not a separate nation. In other words, we say to be holy is to somehow remove ourselves from society. No, he's saying to be holy is to be distinct from society. Distinct is different than removal. We need to have a witness in our world today, church. We need to be where people are, but we need to be distinct. If you look like everybody else in the world, you have to ask yourself, you have to ask yourself, am I distinct? Is there a different aroma about me? Can people tell that there's something unique about me? We're going to go to this in a minute of what God wants to do through our lives because this has to do with our purpose and our mission on the pioneer's path. Then he says, to me you shall be a kingdom of priests. Now, what does that mean? Well, first of all, if you're of a kingdom, there's got to be a king. So now again, he's talking to Israel. He's saying, Israelites, I want you to place yourself under the lordship and the kingship of God. I want you to follow my covenant, and I will make you a distinct people because you're my possession and people are going to look at you as distinct. Why? They're going to see who God is, his nature through you or his nature through the Israelites. I'm going to connect the Israelites to you. Just kind of follow along with us here. But you're a kingdom of priests. Now, this idea of priests, we might not know that if you're from a Catholic background, a priest. And in the Old Testament, the idea would, the priest would then go before the people and make sacrifices so the people can somehow have a connection to God. So the priest was always the intermediary. And he's saying, oh, Israel, you are not only going to be my prized possession, the world's going to see you as the one who's going to draw people to me. Understand priests. What does a priest do? They act as an intermediary, drawing people so that people can connect to God. He's saying, Israel, you're going to be the people of Israel. You're going to be, God's going to do something through you that they're going, people are going to say, oh my, that's your God? Sign me up for that. Okay, but if you're not distinct, nobody's going to know anything about your God. Listen to me. If you're not distinct, nobody's going to know anything about your God and my God. And part of the purpose of the pioneer's path is he's going to say, follow me, be distinct, but show people the way to me. Be the kingdom of priests. But you've got to first follow the king If you're going to allow people to see his power demonstrated in you so that people can say, I want to know your God. Okay, are you tracking with me? All right, we're going to fast forward to something else in the New Testament here because it is so amazing. But before we go in the New Testament, I want you to understand the purpose of the Pioneer's Path starts with a relationship, not a task. Listen to this. 
It starts with a relationship, not a task, because we can start going, I'm going to do this for you, God. I want to do this. And again, we miss the point because if we're doing this on our own strength, God is not getting the glory. You're getting the glory. That's why it's understandably that we have to follow this King Jesus and place ourselves underneath his authority, that we live distinct underneath what his word says, and that we follow him in such a way that his power is demonstrated through us because we're responding to what the Spirit of God is saying. And then people look at us and say, what, who is this God that you're following? And then you get to say, let me tell you about him. All right, and let's turn together now to First uh, Peter. First Peter. First Peter, two. It's fascinating how the Old and the New Testament. They. It's not like, hey, one's old, one's new. Let's keep them separated. It's the continual narrative of God working through humanity. And so, in Second Peter. Sorry, 1 Peter, verse 2. 1 Peter, verse 2, chapter 9. But you, sorry, 1 Peter. Can we start time out? If you're watching online, you're okay. So 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 9. And in football terms, that would be a fumble, but we're back on... We're back on course here. First Peter chapter two, verse nine. Stay with me. Come on. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. This is New Testament now. This is Peter talking to the church. He's talking to us. A people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into the marvelous light. Have you, do you see a connection from Exodus to this verse? A royal priesthood. You and I are called a royal priesthood. In other words, your life and my life on this pioneer's path should be that intermediary to help people connect to God. A holy nation. There we are. We're to be distinct, not separate. Distinct. A people for his own possession, meaning, hey, just don't go out there and do your own thing. You need to be under the lordship, under the leadership of God, Jesus Christ. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. And I would say the, the way we proclaim his excellencies allow his power to move through you to demonstrate in such a way of who God is. Remember, when the children of Israel were being set free from Egypt, out of darkness to light, what was the main thing that, that brought them out of that? There's the plagues, right? What were the plagues? They were supernatural acts of God to show that who God was. And today, church, I believe we are in a time that the world has too much in front of them to say what's real and what's not real. The only way that we're going to tell the world about our God is allow the supernatural flow of his spirit to work through us, to touch other people, to touch our own lives, that people are going to say, oh my, who is that God working through your life? Yes, yes, yes. 
Who is that God working through your life? And I'll tell you what, this past week in my life, I had three cars that didn't pass inspection. I had a chimney fire. Now I need a flu liner. And I'll tell you what, it's drained me dry. And I was like, God, how am I going to do this? And he says, my power is made perfect in your weakness. My power is made perfect in your lack because I will be your provider. And so therefore, I'm giving God an opportunity to show off a little bit. Thank you, God. You got to do it. And have him be my provider. You see, as long as we are self-sufficient, as long as we're independent, we do not give the opportunity for God to work through us and for God to, to show off in our lives. See, God wants to show off in our lives because we are the kingdom of priests. We are the intermediary. We need God to work through us so the world can see a God that wants to love them and care for them. I just feel like I want to preach a little bit more. I'm just a little revved up right now. The reality is you are all priests. You have a ministry. You are carriers of the Holy Spirit. And if you're not, today we're going to give you an opportunity to allow yourselves to be a carrier of the Holy Spirit, to allow his power to work through you because the world needs signs and wonders of who he is. The world is not going to know about a God who he says, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And that's a powerful song, it's true. But, I, but I'm saying we're, we're not in a season to singing lullabies to people who are desperate for answers. Our world is desperate for answers and for truth. And the world is waiting for a kingdom of priests to say, use me on this pioneer's path. That as we follow King Jesus, as we place ourselves underneath his authority, as we stand on his word, as we are distinct as a people carrying his aroma, and allowing his power to flow through our lives to see the supernatural take place. This morning I was praying. And God says, you can't preach a message like this and then send them out without a demonstration of my power. I said, oh boy, here we go. So just like the pioneer's path, we have to first listen to what the voice of God is saying. Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father in heaven doing. So I spent time this morning, and even right now, I'm asking for a quickening of the Spirit to say, God, what do you want to do next? And I already knew that he set me up for this. And I already knew that there was healing that was going to take place today. If you have back pain, would you stand to your feet, please? If you have back pain. I want you to determine um, how 
to the, what extent the back pain is, you keep your number in your head from one to 10. 10 is back pain of like excruciating. I can barely get through. I need strong medication to exist. That's a 10. One is, well, you're going to get to one in a second. But think of that number. I also want us to go in a place of receiving. If you wouldn't mind just holding up your hands like this. And right now, I also believe that we are a kingdom of priests. It's not me. It's the kingdom of priests that are working. And if you just extend your hands or lay a hand on somebody that's around you, do that now. God, you said that you wanted to demonstrate your power through us to make your name great. Not just to give us more goosebumps, but to make your name great. To be evidence of who you are, your nature, God, of who you are. You are a deliverer of going from darkness to light. You are a healer. As Pastor Jorgen already said, the cross made available all this healing for us. So right now, as these words are being spoken, healing is coming into everybody's body in Jesus' name. That back pain is going to be removed in Jesus' name. And the pain factor is going from 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. I just want to, we want to give evidence to the Lord and the Lord's goodness. You can just open your eyes. Those keep standing. I just want to, I want you, somebody to tell me that their pain level has changed. If it has changed, raise your hand. If your pain level has changed all across the room, give God the glory for that. Woo! Give God the glory for that. Hallelujah. Now, the other thing about this is the pain level has changed, yes, but you're going to walk out of here and you're going to have to say, well, was that an emotional response to something in a public thing? And I would say, no, you need to claim what Jesus has done for you and say, you keep saying, no, that healing will continue to happen in my life. It doesn't just happen here in this sanctuary. You may be seated. Thank you. There's somebody who has a right elbow that has been bothering them for a long time. A right elbow, if that's you, stand up. Jesus already knew he wanted to heal that elbow. In the name of Jesus, he's now healing your elbow. He's now healing that elbow. Move that elbow, if you will, please. Move that elbow. Move it around a little bit. Is it better? It is better. Who gets the glory? Who gets the glory? Jesus gets the glory. Amen. See, Jesus wants us to live this way in our world today. But it's going to be requiring us to follow the leadership of Jesus on this pioneer's path. We don't need to get weird. We don't need to get all like 
worked up in a big sweat or whatever. It's just kind of be like, as you wake up tomorrow, you're just going to say, I need to be distinct. I need to be under the covering of Jesus. I need to follow him. And I'm a kingdom of priests, which means how is my life going to show people the evidence of who God is? Yet your life becomes the intermediary from somebody who's searching for truth to a God that they can't connect to yet. But their connection is you, a kingdom of priests. So you're going to wake up tomorrow morning, if you get any sleep after the Patriots win, then you're going to say, God, I want to follow you wholeheartedly today. Tune my ears. And then the last thing I want to say, we have time. If you want more of the Holy Spirit, stand to your feet, because here's the reality is we cannot function in the power of God without the power of the Holy Spirit. You want more of him? You want more of him? Stand to your feet. The Bible says we ask, we receive. Whatever posture you want to take, and then we're going to sing this song, and I want you to respond to God as he's calling you to respond in this last song. If that means come to the front, come to the front. That means find a place to kneel, find a place to kneel. That means like, I got to go now and do some business with God. Go do whatever he's calling you to do because he's the leader. See, he wants us on this pioneer's path to realize that we're following him. He's a leader on the trail. All we need to do is saying, what are you doing, Jesus? And I'm following you. Where are you going, Jesus? And I'm following you. What are you doing in my family, Jesus? I'm following you. What are you doing in my workplace, Jesus? I'm following you. It's all, it's, it takes a lot of pressure off you. It's not like, I got to do all this stuff for you, God. No, you're just following him. Holy Spirit, we just say right now that you come and fill this place. That you fill our hearts. Move afresh, Holy Spirit. Have your way in our lives empower us, fill us, equip us, move us, Lord Jesus. I also feel like the Lord is saying that even though your name wasn't called out for a specific healing, that there is a healing anointing here today. That you just need to tell the Lord what it is that's on your heart that you need healed and he will respond as God responds. And if your healing doesn't come right away, it's, he's still faithful. He's still on the throne. He knows what's best. Renew us, fill us. We want to be a kingdom of priests. We want to be your possession, God. We want to follow you, King Jesus. Fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit, I pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 